1999, a giant new sci-fi movie takes the world by storm. Having changed cinema forever, they quickly made a sequel that people went, huh? This week, we begin Matrix Month, a one-month-long exploration into the Matrix movies in anticipation of the new film, Matrix Resurrections, with Matrix Matrix Reloaded. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm springing out my flip phone, and I'm saying hello to you all. It's not, what's up? You know, it's 1999. (laughs) Uh For you you babies out there, that was a commercial, I think, for Budweiser. I don't remember. (laughs) Who could say? Um, we're talking about, wait, what is this show? This, this show, show is How Star that's Wars really Is That's a good question, Josiah. This show is called How Star Wars Is It, and it's the only podcast, and it is where Period. we rate and review everything on a scale mm-hmm. of one to ten of how Star Wars that thing is. That's right. We're not concerned with how good or bad things are. We're concerned with the quantity of Star Wars, not the quality of the thing. Mm-hmm. So we take everything Star Wars... Books, movies, TV shows, mm-hmm. toys, you name mm-hmm. it. We put it all in one big pot. We mix that pot up. We set that pot to simmer. That pot becomes the Star Wars chili. It is a 10 out of 10. We compare things to that yeah. chili. Yeah. And this week, our job is a little easier than it is sometimes because we are talking about an entry in a sci-fi franchise that, uh, as Mike alluded to in the cold open, people went, huh? About. Yes. Okay, we're talking about Matrix Reloaded. The Matrix Reloaded. Now, we listeners, uh, it is Matrix Month, um, so you should maybe take the opportunity after, of course, this episode is done, to go back and listen to our episode on The Matrix that we did, what, like two years ago? Two years ago? Yeah, we did that episode, like, straight up two years ago, because I remember... It might have even been long enough ago that if I do some quick Googling, I can, uh, or some quick searching on my... Shit, it was I can find longer, what score we gave it. <laughs> yeah, it was longer than two years ago because I watched it while I was in Alaska and we recorded an episode while I was in Alaska, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. So it, this was an early one we did um, back when we were just like sort of hungry, you know, and we were just like chasing down all the topics that we really liked. Mike was in a Matrix musical pretty close to that time. Um, That's right. We were we were just like, and I had never seen The Matrix before. I had seen scenes from it that my older brother, that I had a memory while watching this sequel. I had the memory of my older brother showing me on the VHS, like scenes from it that were cool, that were okay, I guess, for a nine-year-old to watch, right. however, how old I was. Like, I know, like a seven, eight-year-old, however old I was. And it was like the cool, like, uh, infinite like weapons locker all the guns thing and the parts where they come in with the trench coats and like the stop trying to hit me and hit me parts right right <laughs> which i guess it's okay for a child to watch violence right. as long as it's not too violent apparently and was weirdly like the matrix kind of i mean it, it certainly is violence and guns and all that but it's like not nearly as like bloody as a lot of no. r-rated violent movies 
No, it's no Braveheart or Gladiator, which were yeah, like... Yeah, or like Tarantino or... Yeah, those ones are always the ones I think of because they were the weird, like... Or, or the Patriot. Right, you're like, those, yes, the we've talked about this before, I'm talk, certain. Because that was like, also, the, for me, one that was like, you can watch the Patriot, it's history. Yeah. <laughs> they're like they're like weirdly Christian somehow. Yeah. Like, the Christians decided that these ones are okay to watch. Right, right. For some reason. Yes. Uh, like, I guess because they love Mel Gibson no matter what he does. Um, so, okay, let's, I want to hit the ground running with describing this movie. That's uh, it's impossible. <laughs> maybe crazy, but okay, so here's, here's where wait, I want to start the conversation because I have watched this movie a lot now. And, I, yeah. and more importantly than that, I've watched an awful lot of like YouTube essays about this movie and about the, the sequels. And I've listened to the blank check podcast about the matrix movies, like two or three times over. And I feel like I really understand these sequel movies, and uh, and I don't. That's not to say that they did a good job communicating their own ideas, but I now know what those ideas are. <laughs> sure, uh, I will say from as someone who had never seen this movie before, this okay. If we're going with big picture, what the movie is, let me tell you. Let me tell you, listeners. Yeah, it's not like the Matrix. No, so Matrix guy gets plucked from obscurity. He's actually the chosen one. He goes on the hero's journey, saves the day. He frees his own mind from limitations. And then it's like, cool. How could there ever be a sequel? <laughs> yeah. And then the sequel. Okay. This is my big picture idea for this episode. The Matrix Reloaded is like if George Lucas made Star Wars A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And then the next movie that he made was all the prequels at once. <laughs> <laughs> because, yes. which is not necessarily speaking of the quality of the movie making here, because like I think there is some expertise uh, in the craft to be seen by the Wachowskis. Um, the lore that this movie drops on you immediately is wild. Because the first movie does not even really hint at <laughs> yeah. any of this. Yeah. And then the second movie comes in and it's like, oh, you know Morpheus, the really cool trench coat, mm-hmm. like, like badass dude from the first movie? Well, he's actually a false prophet, crazy person uh, who, like, people think he might be actually insane. Right. Um, and he's also, like, sort of, he's not, not a false prophet. He's like a zealot. He's like a religious right, zealot. Right, right. He believes in the prophecy of the one. Yeah. And so here's this here's whole, crazy like, like did what you said uh, lore that you need kind of or that you that you're thrown going in. <laughs> There's two things. One, the Animatrix has a ton of lore. One of the things is kind of a prequel to this movie. And then there were like 45 extra minutes of like cinematic filmed like filmed on film like this movie stuff with the characters from these movies for the video game Enter the Matrix. Yes. Because it was supposed to be kind of this like, oh, you go see the movie, then you play the game and you get like the whole story. <laughs> right. Like everyone wanted to do in in 2003. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I mean, that makes sense because the whole time you are kind of going like, am I supposed to understand everything? Like, which isn't like this movie... I don't know. It's not that wild because they, but they are basically just giving you a world that they are acting like they already told you things about. Right. 
which is just wild because the first movie did so little of that. Like it was very much, I mean, there was world building for sure. The first movie does a great job of not telling you a thing until about like an hour in. And then it's when the character needs to learn those things. So your imagination is running wild, trying to figure it all out. And then they start spelling it out more and more to Neo because it's his like first day on earth. Like, the fact that there is I know that I know that we knew there was a city called Zion. Mm-hmm. Like I know we knew that from the first movie. And that if it was the like war a human, was over tomorrow, that'd be where the party is. Yeah, like <laughs> I know that that place exists. The the fact that they ha- that it is it is home to thousands is something that d- was not uh, in my mind, Zion was like that ship and two other ships. Uh-huh. And like there were like the idea, the idea that there's so many people that have been set free from the Matrix is crazy. Because the first movie makes it seem like it is this really special thing that doesn't happen very often. And that this is like the beginning of a revolution. And then the second movie comes in and there's a council. Mm-hmm. There's a council of people. Because... <laughs> So speaking of like lore that like you might not necessarily get by watching the movie at least one time, uh, the whole, the the most critical scene in the entire movie is that last one with the architect or it's not the very last scene, but you know, the, and, and it is so difficult to follow. And he's so, um, he uses such big words, which of course is like a character, like that's a clever character choice that he's like the smartest guy you know like he's sort of trying to convince you how smart he is because he like invented everything like so it is it is like a cute detail and of course he's like an old bland vanilla white guy like someone we've never seen before because there were talks i think of casting like some huge person as that role and it's like so much better that it's this guy no one's ever fucking heard of anyway he you know he says in all the gobbledygook philosophy in that whole conversation, he also says specifically, you choose this door, the matrix resets, Zion is destroyed except for the like six men and 30 women or whatever the number is he gives them that you get to pluck out to repopulate the human race because the idea of a rebellion and something to fight for is built into the system of control that the machine, you know, like we are led to believe at the end of the first movie that the matrix is the system of control. But in fact, it's even bigger than that. It's, it's the machines already have such a hold on humanity that this version of the matrix is actually the like sixth matrix. Um, and in the first one, they make the point to say that like they've tried and failed with matrixes, matrices before. But in that architect speech, he basically says like humanity, the the Zion, you know, is there will not be one more new person. Like it's ju- it's about to be completely decimated, and you're gonna start over, and we're gonna make a new the one, and another hundred years will go by, and Zion will like fill up again. You know, like right. Which have you seen? Um, have you seen the um? The Black Mirror episode, like ten thousand merits or a hundred thousand merits or something like that. It's like the no. It's in the first season, and uh, it's got that guy from Get Out, D- Daniel Kaluuya. Oh. Is that his name? Um, uh, I have not seen it. I've only seen one episode of Black Mirror, and it was the Star Trek one. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, in that reality, they all 
ride bikes all day to like get points to like buy digital shit. It's basically meta. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, 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 for sure. And he kind of goes rogue. I can't take it anymore kind of thing. And then the the screens they're all watching as they ride bikes, there's, you know, like entertainment on it. And, and like the powers that be like snap him up and give him his own show about like rebelling against the system. You know, it's mm. like, we know humans to want to rebel against systems that oppress them. So let's let them do that or let them think they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I really wish they did a better job <laughs> explaining that in this movie, because that is like a fucking trip. I was I was primed for that because I've discussed the Matrix with you before. Yes. <laughs> and so I, I knew what he was saying to an extent. And I was like, this is an interesting idea. This is a cool idea. Um, so I don't know. Big picture for the listener. If we're to describe the plot of this movie, it's basically uh, the guy, the your your favorites from the original. Mm-hmm. They're all here. Trinity's here. Morpheus is here. And Neo's boy, oh here. boy, do they gotta get the codes? <laughs> they gotta get the codes, and also they gotta make out. Yes, Trinity and Neo. Any chance they get, they have to be two parallel flat white boards on top of one another yeah. during a rave. <laughs> yes, that scene is wild. <laughs> I have a lot of notes, but so they have to get the codes. They got to go they got they're waiting for a call from the oracle because there's yeah. something will help with the prophecy. So they're trying to get into the they have to like find the right place in the matrix to get to the oracle. And there's this guy and they have to he has to fight him, Seraph. He has to and it's fi- like oh, fight. Seraph is like a captcha. Yeah, he's Seraph like, is a like a prove captcha. that you're a human. <laughs> Seraph is also Seraph is the Gamjabar uh, Dune reference. Seraph is also an angel protecting the Oracle. Uh-huh. Seraph is you know the the Seraphim and the and the Cherubim, Cherubim and Seraphim. <laughs> but also Seraph is a him. font word. Oh yes, like that's a, true. I don't think it's spelled the same way, but S E R I F. I will allow it. <laughs> um, then they have to go find another guy who gives them another guy who like can open the door to take them to the right, source. The keymaker is, is being held yeah. prisoner. The keymaker is a program from an old matrix, and he oh he's yeah oh being held we dis- captive. We discovered that the oracle is also a program. Yeah, so we're like these are not real people; they are programs. But then Neo the whole time is also struggling with this idea of like control and choice and like who controls who. Yes, this movie is and about so, choice and cause and effect and uh, a, a further higher system of oppression that you didn't, you weren't previously aware. Of. Right, that you did not know existed, and so they find the and then they're and then interspersed throughout. Don't worry, there's a lot of great fights. That's the thing. That's like the critical thing that this movie isn't great with. It's like let's talk about philosophy for thirty minutes, and then it's like, oh fuck, I think people are gonna be bored. Let's have him do fight, fight every guy. Let's have him fight yeah. so many Agent Smiths. <laughs> there, there, there's a weird thing going on with Agent Smith that's not, and I didn't realize this. This movie is very much a part one in yes. a way. Because like it does Big not time. have a real ending. No. Um, yeah. And so in fact, I didn't know. the the cliffhanger ending kind of fucking sucks too. We'll we'll save some of that 
excuse me, for our Matrix yeah. Revolutions episode. But yeah, Agent Smith, he killed at the end of the first movie. He jumped into him and exploded him. Or so we and thought. And then what he has actually done is like freed Agent Smith, who was already, by the end of that movie, was kind of going rogue from the other agents. Like he was sort of, right. uh, he had agency. Um, and and Neo exploded him, and now he has even more agency. He's a he's a total free thinker. He is a virus, Mister. Yeah, Anderson. and he's he's turning Mister. Anderson. The way that Hugo Weaving talks in this movie is like unhinged, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. He that's one of my notes. He's talking so strangely, <laughs> like a freaking maniac. Every word is like chomped and and like split up and really rolled around which his mouth. i would even argue is an acting choice that oh, he I'm sure. went from being sort of weird and stilted sounding but like straight laced to like kookier yeah like, no absolutely I think he the program that is agent smith fancies himself a mustache twirling villain yes definitely like he saw all those movies and was like that's who i want to (laughs) be he kind of like even says that himself as like when he's confronting neo the first time and talking to him like being like i'm going to do to you what you did to me or something Mm -hmm. um but then also his whole plot has no bearing on the the main crux of the movie like the agent smith thing I thought at some point was going to fold into the greater narrative or like like maybe all the agents were going to come and start uh, agent smiths were going to come start fighting the other agents because they're like no mm-hmm. i'm going to get to kill neo but that never happened and i don't know if it's going to happen in the third movie but i was like what was the point to, to of the million go agent to one smiths of, i'm sure i'll mention this a bunch in this month but to go to the patrick h willems youtube video where he rewrites the sequels and just takes all the plot elements but reorders them and gives different dialogue to different characters or whatever. It's an excellent video that I think you should watch once you finish the series. Okay. He cuts Agent Smith from this movie altogether except right at the very end is when we have that scene. You know that scene at the very beginning when Neo gets the package and it's like the earpiece and it's like yeah. a sort of like a I'm coming for you kind of thing. He was like that should be the very last scene of this movie. Where oh, it's like, cool. you know, like the main villain of this movie, who who ostensibly is the main villain throughout the movie, is the Merovingian. The right. guy they have to get past to get the other guy to use to get past. Like, it is sort of a fetch questy thing. But anyway, his his point is like, Smith becomes a big problem in the third movie. And let's just have that be the Smith arc. Let's yeah. have him take a movie off. <laughs> it, it, it felt weird. The, so, so, of course... Don't worry. They get the key master. Mm-hmm. The key uh, maker. The, the key maker who is able to let them into the source, right? Which is the source code of the matrix. Right. Which is where the architect is, who is the program that has created all the matrixes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is where we learn that the matrix is but one of six matrices that have always existed since the... Uh, or I guess since since the machines took over. Yeah. And have been just keeping humans sedated. And like the first Matrix ever was a paradise, like a utopia. It didn't work. People's brains rejected the reality. They tried it again. They swung the pendulum the other way, which is funny. It is very machine thinking. Like, okay, if not one, then zero. So then they went to like a hellscape, which is where 
all those Merovingian guys come from. Yeah, they, there's a the weird thing. The second Matrix was like haunted house world where there's ghosts and vampires yeah. and shit. And the Merovingian like was somehow able to sneak out of that Matrix and hide in like a floppy disk with all of his fucking werewolf friends every time yes. they reboot the Matrix. <laughs> that is such a weird plot I thing that is that not idea. And I it's love like, that idea it's, too it's really it glossed is, over it is the, the fact that she, it, she like the Merovingian is this like French dude who mm-hmm. is holding the key master and you said he's the main villain and I, I would almost disagree because he's only in the, the movie for the last half of it you know what I mean like sure it, it doesn't feel this movie suffers for, big big picture guys this movie is Star Wars this movie is incredibly it's, it's Star Wars. It's pretty Star Wars, yeah. Because it has all the issues that the prequels have where you're like, who's the bad who's the guy? Main character? Who's, who's the main character? <laughs> Who am I supposed to... What's Morpheus what's, doing? <laughs> yeah, what story am I following here? Yeah. Like, it has all those problems. And the whole time I just kept thinking, like, this is so Star Wars. Yeah, like, this totally. is exactly the muddied storytelling of, like, we don't know who the main character is anymore. We don't know who the main bad guy is anymore. Which is We've, why it would be better if he were further solidified as, like, the guy. Like, yeah, he has an army until, of, of ghost twins and things, but he's in charge. The fact that they just drop that, like, the Merovingian's, like, uh, girlfriend uses silver Persephone. bullets. Persephone. uses silver <laughs> bullets to kill this presumably werewolf, right. I guess. Because that's, that's what silver bullets kill. Yeah, they're, like, watching a vampire movie. Like, yeah. And they just drop the fact that, oh, these things are real. But they are left over from a previous, like, right. Matrix run. So they're, like, less uh, complex in a way, but they're, like, really hard to kill. Right. And They were basically, makes... like, the agents of Matrix 2. Yes. You know, like, Agent Smith's predecessor was an actual werewolf. Was just a werewolf. <laughs> it's so Which weird. I like to think that in Matrix 2 they looked like werewolves because they're sort of doing the, like early 2000s X-Men thing here where it's like, well, we can't actually make them werewolves. They have right. to be kind of cool looking guys. <laughs> Everybody's wearing like some variation on form-fitting black yeah. leather or spandex. Like, yeah. with zero deviation from that right. formula. Um, <laughs> but like, the fact that they just drop in the fact that fantasy creatures exist and it's because of Pat... I'm like, that's truly wild and they do, and like then then and then and then the two ghost twins like the the white guys with dreads mm-hmm. cuz like I was like are they albino and I was like no I think they're just two white guys yeah. with dreads yeah. <laughs> that are being made up to look very pale and are also ghosts yeah. but have like medusa hair whenever they turn into ghosts yeah right there's a lot going on and you know what's on. funny before all the merovingian stuff the oracle even says when, when she's saying, like, yeah, I'm a computer program. I'm part of this whole thing. So how can you trust me or whatever? And then she was like, everything's a computer program. That bird's a program. Any talk of an angel or a yeah. ghost, that was the Matrix. Like, I, is, I just okay. love, I love that, you know, in the first movie, it sort of says, like, do you feel like things are out of place and you're sad? That's the Matrix. And then in this, yeah. it's like, dude, guys, Everything's the nature. Everything. Also, also, also. This like, this idea is 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 so troubling because, per, in the real world, like the ma- Okay, in the, <laughs> in the reality of the Matrix, humanity did exist for however many 
since like yeah right until like 1999 2020 right. 2050 and that is sort of like the matrix is set in sort of an infinite 1999 right <laughs> time period so humanity existed in real life before before the machine like like a uh, uh, singularity happened and so Van- the legends of vampires and werewolves still existed in the real world and so then i guess whenever the machines came in and wanted to make a really bad scary one they just took stuff from i guess folklore yeah they were like what what did like mary shelley think was <laughs> what did well, yeah like, what did horror writers in the 1800s think was really right. scary <laughs> right which like to i mean again though to a machine the like Turner classic movie monsters would probably be the first place they'd go. You know, like they'd probably be like, what scares humans? And then they'd like scan through all of history. And that would be like the first thing that had like a big hit. (laughs) Yeah. The scariest thing is, uh, uh, Frankenstein. (laughs) And then they're like, they made so many Frankenstein movies. They must hate this guy. And then it does make me wonder like what, you know, cause I think he also says the architect says, um, the Oracle came to be in like Matrix Three, I think. Yeah, um, the because came again, to be like in that's Matrix when 3. like the humans, like like the 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 machines need the humans to accept the Matrix they're put into, and yes, ninety five percent of people are going to if it's just sort of like regular doldrums life, but like five to ten percent won't, and they think something's up, and they need to like be freedom fighters, and that's like why the oracle exists to like sort of give them this like false hope that actually you're being controlled but really you're being controlled and then above that you're being controlled so like right oracle and and the thing that the oracle keeps doing every time they reboot is like she's she's sort of playing on the side of the humans she wants that you know she's programmed to want them to succeed at their mission yeah inevitably it comes down to the choice of you know, uh, save humanity or don't. But the thing that she did this time around was tell Trinity in the first movie or, or, you know, off screen before the first movie, she tells him you're going to fall in love with the one. And she does. So she's like manipulating Neo and Trinity to fall in love because she's like, essentially to them, you know, what's a hundred years? It's like a, a, a hand at the poker table, essentially. Yeah. And like for this hand, she's like, maybe I'll make them fall in love. And then the guy, the one, the anomaly will, instead of choosing to save all of humanity, maybe he'll choose to save his girlfriend. And yeah, he and does, then- which like foils the architect's plan. Which is like i don't understand because he has doomed the human race right to save trinity momentarily and then now all of like okay it does but i thing. do like to think that it was her just going like i don't know like you know when um yeah when you're trying to fix like a like a tv and it's like yeah i don't know maybe Maybe like fiddle with the cables. <laughs> That's know? literally me with my HDMI cable this entire like right video now. call. <laughs> um, I'm going to go through some of my notes because I feel like yeah, we yeah, are yeah. so in the weeds. And guys, this movie's just... Uh, so the first thing I wrote is I don't remember anything from the first one slash I remember everything, but not like the important stuff, I guess. But then right. as it went on, I realized 
no, I do remember everything that happened in the first it's one. Just it just like has off. No, no bearing on anything. Yeah. All the dialogue in this movie is I am the Senate, not yet. <laughs> like yes. that is that is like the the dialogue is so clunky and 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 the delivery Circular. is so yeah it's and like the, there's times when you can tell they're like that was a joke and i'm like no it yeah. no it wasn't cause and effect i drank too much wine i have to take a piece or like whenever <laughs> agent smith turns he's like you me? me 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 and then he's like me too and i'm like yeah. stop and then when and then when neo throws one agent smith and it knocks down a bunch of other agent smiths and it, it makes, makes a bowling, bowling pin sound. noise yeah it makes a literal yeah, actual this, bowling this pins movie noise. is like jar jar to the max <laughs> yeah there are times whenever so like they have neo doing so many big fights with yeah, so many different guys very gooey he turns to goop a lot and yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much because the character models of guy in long black jacket versus guy in black suit. Right. They are simple enough to where your eyes are like, okay, whatever. Like, I'll Plus, deal with it. if any movie's going to have somewhat noticeable CGI, it maybe is fine that it's where their actual image, their in eye it. is CG. <laughs> yeah. And they're also like... In a computer, right? And so it's, yeah, oh, you they know, are like, CGI, computer-generated imagery. <laughs> yes. Oh, I see what you mean the the eye, not I, yeah, not yeah. the eye. Letter I thought I. About their their eye that they see out of, um, which is also CGI. Right. Um, yes. There's a lot of pretty fights in this. The fights are creative, but also all of them go on too long. Um, everything goes on too long. Like in every blockbuster, it's just like every fight or chase sequence is just a little bit too long. Yeah. Um yeah it this, it's, um they need to like cut to the chase quicker with both the fight scenes and the philosophy. Yeah 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 yeah. Like yeah. the philosophy is so heady that they need to be a bit uh they need to simplify it a little bit so that yeah. you like can you know like the French the, the Merovingian is just so verbose and yes. flourishy that again it takes like four times watching it to even like clock the meaning of his dialogue <laughs> yeah i the like this is case in point the the like techno rave that is with like the old timey drums too that mm -hmm. are happening intercut with neo and trinity boning laying at flat first, on one another <laughs> yeah at first i was like this fucking rules uh -huh. and then it went on for so yeah, long that I was long. like, I I liked it when it was a one minute sequence. And then it went on for like a solid at least three or four minutes. Yeah. Which is too long. Yeah. And there's a lot of uncomfortable close-ups of them kissing with like, you can see spit coming off of their tongues. Uh -huh. It's nasty. Also, like, this is, I don't mean this in a mean way or a bad way, <laughs> but like, it's sort of strange to me that the, the like the character of Trinity is treated as this like like so unattainably sexy and beautiful <laughs> woman because she's like an attractive woman, but right. she's not even the most attractive woman in this movie. She's very angular and very pale and very um, yeah. stoic. Like, and she's incredibly good at what she does, and I'm not going to take that away from her at all. But it's just weird that she's like. Like the first opening shot of her is like very sex symbol, and I'm like, no, right, not at all. Like I don't get that I, vibe at all. I weirdly love though the like 
aesthetic of these movies so much down to even things like casting that like yeah this weird pale guy who maybe doesn't know anything especially at the beginning of the first movie and this weird pale lady who's like smarter than everybody and makes sure you all know it and like she she doesn't even have that sort of like i'm a girl boss energy she just sort of has like um she as a human feels like she has like stats yeah (laughs) and they're high yeah like yeah like i just i love how um it's not necessarily that they're telling not showing but like a lot of um the buy-in you have to make as an audience member to these movies is like believing what they're telling you regardless of like what your eyes are telling you know like the movie does tell you she's the hottest lady and like it doesn't necessarily show you that and it also tells us that that like keanu reeves is the hottest man and then like even he is also like in this movie it's like okay really yeah yeah. he's kind of like kind of a skinny little guy isn't he like you think the one would be a little beefier which is this is all very star wars that this it is. that this romance is so critical to like the save like saving the entire human race is based on this tell don't show relationship between two people with not an awful lot of chemistry <laughs> not an awful lot of chemistry and not a lot of sex appeal on their own or uh-huh, together uh-huh. um i persephone, thought the counsel- persephone though persephone i man i love all that shit because okay Merovingian the runs names. the criminal underworld, like yeah. literally, like like or you know the way we use that phrase. But like also conceivably, he is sort of the devil, and like <laughs> his underworld is like monsters and like right. Persephone, like everything. Persephone is, is like his girlfriend. Yeah, Hades slash yes. hell slash monsters. It is, <laughs> it is once again like the first one like the names of everything are big important names yeah, that yeah. are the thing that they are doing right like seraph is an angel protector guy right. you know the oracle obviously is an oracle like but yeah persephone right. is the is the romantic uh interest of the bad guy right um man we haven't even talked about the freeway scene yeah because it's a thousand years long it is long but of all the action in that movie in both the sequels in fact i would say it's like by far the coolest because like so much shit happens in it there is a lot there's a lot of different set pieces on the on a freeway which is pretty cool um let me see what other notes i have and it's like one of the few things that morpheus like gets to do uh yes morpheus actually gets to do something the computer orgasm was weird. Yeah, and like, I have that written down to the orgasm cake. Yeah, orgasm cake is strange. Choice is an illusion created by those with power, like, for Which, those without. That's great. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, did they make that up? Because that sounds like a quote from something else. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a couple things in this where I was like, did they make, is that a Matrix original? Because if so, props, because it sounds like it was from something else. Yeah, it's why it's even more crazy to me that so many, like, alt-right people are like, yeah, the red pill or whatever. Like, yeah. The Matrix movies could not be more about you assholes <laughs> yeah. and not the way you think they are. Yeah, about, like, oppressive regimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's truly upsetting how the imagery has been co-opted. Um, I didn't I didn't take much notes at the end because I was just, like, trying to finish the movie. The, the other piece that's, like, kind of at least made to seem critical is that another ship of matrix people 
uh, yes. are in the Matrix, and Bane is the name yeah. of one of the guys who okay. sort of looks sketchy and sort of looks like Hugo Weaving when Agent Smith finds him in the Matrix and does his, like, shove his hand into him thing and takes over his body like he has done with other oh. people and other programs. He copied his own consciousness into Bane's computer matrix self. Okay. And then when they unplugged Bane into the real world, his mind had been replaced by Agent Smith's mind. I missed that that is what happened. Because yeah. I, I mean, I didn't miss that he took over a guy, but right. I missed it was the same guy. Like, I did yeah, not yeah. see that those were the same guy. Like, I was right. like, yeah, that happened to another guy. And now there's this guy, Bane, and he's evil for some reason. Which but that makes a lot annoying more sense. because, okay, so Smith's in the real world. He's like, oh, wow, I can feel blood. I can feel being cut or whatever. But he doesn't do a whole lot of consequence does he i can't really remember no. does he does well, he push he, someone he sabota- down <laughs> he sabotages the basically he sabotages i think one of the ships that has to be um i think he does that yeah, one yeah. of the ships that goes to help them uh ends up exploding because the crew is killed and i right. think he's responsible for that and then he's also responsible for the so the plan for the all the ships the defense not going like as it was supposed to go right he's gonna try to like fuck up the but, humans plans from the human world but then it's also like why he gets zapped like neo at the end of this movie here's another very confusing thing that happens in this movie neo somehow has matrix powers in the real world okay let me, let me say something why like once again hugo weaving mr like agent smith mr smith has been so of no consequence throughout this movie. He's just been an annoyance. He's not a part of the actual plot. Yeah. But then for his for him to come into the real world to sabotage the humans, it's like, well, why are you doing that? Yeah, You're, you, I you shouldn't you were... be acting on behalf of the machines. You yeah, are now thought, a third thing. <laughs> yes, I thought you were, like, awakened. Uh-huh. Like, why are you doing their thing? It doesn't make any sense. Right. It's a I strange choice. I think he just choice. wants, like, kind of chaos in the sense of, like, he wants to just keep replicating himself. But, I, again, I, do, honestly, I think he needs the Matrix in order to do that. I know that there has been a lot of fuss about the fact that Neo has powers in real life. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't bother me at all. Yeah, I think <laughs> he I was is like, the chosen one. And I also think that, like, you know, a lot of movies, you know, like Looper or um, Minority Report or Dune, they make these points to be like, decades, generations, uh, centuries into the future, humans start developing, like, other powers. <laughs> sure. Like, maybe he's the one in a well, million who can do, like, e- an EMP out of his hand because well, see, it's see, actually 2600 AD or whatever. And I don't know, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong on this, maybe it goes into it more in the third one, but, like, my understanding was is that he, being the one, he is an anomaly, he is basically part machine in a very weird way. Like, he is... He, the algorithm of the uh-huh. of the machine, the program of the machine, was in him from birth. Yeah, from, I think that that's fair. And so he has the. See, we so know he, has, he was born in a pod. Yeah, so they he has built that. <laughs> he has abilities to to interact with the machines right. in different ways. Like yeah. that didn't bug me. Like I was when like, he was a zygote, they like shot him full of like EMP juice. Right, because they knew that he was going to be the one, and right. he, and so that was his purpose. But then like they have never had an issue with the one going rogue like he did before. Right, and so it's like, well, if he if he has is able to view the matrix in all these ways and have all these powers inside the matrix, the fact that he can 
at least so far, I haven't seen the third movie yet, but shut down machines that are also running on the same program mm-hmm. using the will of his mind. I'm like, I totally buy that. He has part of the program inside him. Like, of course he can do that. Yeah, it's like having, like, twin powers. Yes, twin telepathy. Like, if, if, or even, like, me and my sister, like, if she walked in here right now, I could, like, oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Over Thanksgiving. Did you have a lot of We were playing things? Heads Up, and, yeah. and Spencer, Allie's boyfriend, uh, oh, he was, he's been on the show, too. Um you all listeners all know all of these people by the way speaking of listeners right as we started this episode a friend of mine from college drew hi drew um, hi drew texted me and said apropos of nothing i've been catching up on Hasui lately and omg is it enjoyable and he was you know just saying hi and we chatted back and forth and he said say hi to josiah <laughs> thanks drew but hi to you back this i was is like how I wow talk to people. we're recording right now <laughs> this is the only way i talk to people now is by talking to them yeah, on the podcast right. Um, and hi, Angela, and hi, Colleen. Hi, Angela, hi, Colleen. <laughs> hi, Lior, probably. Um, yeah, maybe the or Michael Delaney. Michael Delaney. Anyway, anyway um, what were you saying? We're oh, playing yeah, Heads Up over Thanksgiving, and we're doing a category like toys or something like that. The first one is whatever, we get it. Spencer's got the thing, you know. The next word comes up, it's rocking horse. Allie and I are kind of across from each other in our family room, so we're both looking, like, to the side, and right as Rocking Horse comes up, we both, our face is like pretty expressionless, but we both just like slowly turn and like make eye contact with one another. And then we just explode into hysterics and we all have to stop the game because Allie and I, without even indicating, we didn't even go like, oh, we just sort of looked at each other square at the exact same time because we were both thinking of this, I want to say, commercial that would run between like actual programming on Nick Jr. Sure. Far past when we were old enough to not be watching Nick Jr. anymore. And it was this little, <laughs> this little like puppet dog, like a puppy who sang it with this little breathy voice. And it was this. <laughs> one little, two little, three little puppies on a walking horse. <laughs> and when Rocking Horse came up, I think both of our brains went walking horse. And we just yeah. like slowly looked at each other. <laughs> it was so bizarre. Like everyone else in the room was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love that. So anyway, I, I think, I think he I told could you, do that, but yes. with robot electricity. I think I told you the one recently that happened <laughs> where my sister called me and she was like, I'm trying to think of this song. And she, the only clues she gave me were she thinks it has the word I in it. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and that it was like a song, like it was like one of our older brother's songs. And I was like, oh, Lazy Eye by Silver Sun Pickups. And she was like, yes! <laughs> Speaking of Silver Sun Pickups, so we were talking funny. about them on the Patreon episode. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have any more specific notes. This, this movie is very Star Wars. It is a sequel that expands the world in ar- like arguably not successful ways. Right. In some successful ways. Yeah, it, it's, it's just like in, you're right, the prequels, how it's like, it's gooey looking. And yeah. he had some real big idea swings that just like didn't have the the communication to us in such a way that they worked. In, in, right. in the prequel sense, it a lot of is, is is dialogue and acting. And in this, it's a little bit of that, but it's more just like, the writing you know they wrote the matrix over the course of like a decade that's why it's right. so tight and this is like they clearly had to write something fast 
and they, and they just kind of like, tried everything. <laughs> well, it, what it reminds me of is like like as someone who has written uh, stories for D anD D before, like mm. campaigns for Dungeons and Dragons. There's the main idea that you have that is normally pretty well planned out. It's mm-hmm. pretty well thought out. And then there's the greater world that your idea lives in, in which you probably know most of the stuff that's sure. like like the big stuff. But then if your group decides to go on an adventure in the bigger world, sort of outside where you've set this main like crux of this plot, all of a sudden you your story gets a lot more vague. Yeah. And because... Or, or, or just like a lot more, you're not able to communicate the ideas as well because you have the because you only have them as ideas. They are not like right. Like I don't know. Even stuff like it's just there's a council. There's yeah, yeah. a city. There's like uh, un, it's like an underground like you know old. You're l- totally right. Re- a lot of refugees. This like, becomes it's very... even more true in revolutions. Like all the like the war that happens in Zion in that movie, it's like humans fighting robots, and the humans are people we haven't even really met until that movie. So they are reduced to these just sort of like cliches, like yeah. the young upstart and the like old grizzled sergeant. Like and there's which is like ki- there... give us one of the characters we already know. Have Morpheus in that fight. There's also the quote unquote the kid in this movie. Movie, and it's made to seem like he's going to be important and then he's not at yeah, all. Yeah, he he's, is a product of the Animatrix. Really? He has he's an not... entire short in the Animatrix like canon that is about him escaping the Matrix and and Neo okay, being so involved. Okay, so that's what they're that's so, what they're referencing is cuz they kept being yeah. like Neo you saved him and I was like did I miss something in the first movie? Yeah, no. What, Neo, real... what they're saying in that scene though is like Okay, so Neo and his crew are just out saving people. And they make references to that throughout the movie, you know, yeah. like we've we've freed, you know, dozens of minds just in the past year or whatever. It is But it is like asking an awful lot. <laughs> it is asking an awful lot. It's it feels like such a product of that early millennium to be like in order to really experience this movie fully, you have to have watched <laughs> these animated shorts and played this video game. Right. Because I feel like most studios are savvy enough now where they know audiences aren't going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a big enough ask that I have to see every Marvel movie to know what's going on. Right. Like, you're not going to make me go Meanwhile, do... Disney Plus, like, before they release a new show, they're like, check out this thing that's just like a clip package of other instances where Scarlet Witch is on screen. Like, Yeah. <laughs> just so you can kind of get a primer. Um, yeah. Should we go to the break? We should, yeah. And let's come back and play a game. Yeah. That, anyway, uh, folks, big, this movie is Star Wars. Like, it, yeah, I'm, you're right. It's going to be pretty high. You're making me realize it is very Star Wars. But um, let's go to the, let's jump into the Starlight Pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We? Wahoo! Well, hello, sweeties and listeners. We are popping in here to let you know about our new Patreon. Woohoo! That's right. We just started a Patreon. It's called the How Star Wars Is It Expanded Universe, or HSUEU for short. For just $5 a month, you get a weekly bonus episode plus a monthly commentary track for a different Star Wars film and access to our exclusive Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners. That's right. And if you want to be our best friend ever and want to be the best listener ever, you can also join the Sweet EU 
which is $10 a month, and you get everything that Mike just said, plus you'll get a personalized shout-out and a thank you on our regular main feed podcast, the one you're listening to right now. And if either of those seem a little too steep for you, you can join us for $2 a month and just join us on the Discord channel, or for $1 a month because you just really like the show and want to throw us a bone once a month. So go to patreon.com slash howstarwarsisit and join us in the Hisuiu. That were hack. Yeah. <laughs> I, did you do? Do you remember that Neo's a hacker, like yeah, a computer right. programmer? They like hack that's his into thing. The Matrix. Hilarious. Gosh, you're right. That this is the prequels. I'm. I'm like thinking yeah. more about it now. Like, it is very. Hey, okay. What if we just try all these things? Maybe there's werewolves, and maybe Smith is back, and he can copy himself. And mm-hmm. maybe actually, the Matrix isn't the system of control. It's like a system of control under a system of control. And maybe there's a guy <laughs> in yeah. a white suit. Like, it is just like, what if there's like Darth Maul, and maybe we see that Anakin is the one who built C-3PO. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe Boba the, Fett is a clone of his own dad, and that's the clones of the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, it like that was my my biggest first impression of just like the first forty five minutes of this movie. I was like, oh okay, this is just the prequels. It's it's yeah, yeah. it is trying to world build in a world where it's sort of asking you to to understand a lot of stuff that right. you, you did not have the context cuz like that was the thing with with episode 1 is it comes in and it's like hey it's star wars but then it's introducing all this stuff and ideas that like really aren't present in the original trilogy at uh-huh. all and so it's sort of asking a lot to be like do you understand? You, you understand, yeah, right? Yeah, because this is what it's going to be. Midi-chlorians is very the architect. It's like, yeah. okay, so you know that there is the force, and that's how people. You know that there is the matrix, and that's how people can. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, actually, no. <laughs> actually, there's <laughs> Only another specific thing people beyond can. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. It's going to be high. I do have the game. I'm. I, you just actually have me thinking about the actual premise of this show, and I'm like, holy shit, this might be one of the most Star Wars. It's going to be up there for me. Yeah, for sure. Plus, the original trilogy and the original Matrix were like revolutionary visual effects movies where it's like stuff is done in camera, stuff is done practically, and they're pioneering these like ways of doing special effects like bullet time or spaceships flying through the sky that look like airplanes or whatever. And then the prequels and Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions are like... You can animate things on the computer now. You ever see yeah. VeggieTales? Yeah. Did you know that we can just <laughs> this make is a, that. <laughs> we can make Neo do whatever we want now? Man, we should do like an Easter special called How VeggieTales Is It. <laughs> I would love that. Um, okay, the game this week. Speaking of sequels, is I am on Empire Magazine's website, and they have a, an article. Congratulations. That yeah yeah yeah. They have an article called um, The Greatest Movie Sequels, and they list, you know, per however they came up with the ranking, um, the top 60 <laughs> movie sequels. And we will um, be doing all of them. <laughs> we we will be, you will be trying to figure out the top 10. And I, I have oh. it up as um, the actual website, so I'm going to have to, like, scan around to actually verify uh what you say is correct. We've definitely, I've definitely m- made a sequel game for you before that wasn't this, but but I'm saying that because I feel like I'm going to do well because I have, 
I feel like I know some of them. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I did a one time that were like sequels that were better than the original, uh, uh-huh. or possibly better than the original. So um, I might do well on this. Maybe. Yeah. Well, this this is basically that, but this is per Empire. The Strikes Back. Um, right. <laughs> okay, so I just have to guess the top ten. I gotta right. make myself a little list. I'm gonna start out. And I'm going to control F all the shit you say and tell you what number it is if it actually appears. (laughs) I'm going to start out strong. Godfather 2. That is number two on this list. I fucking knew it. it. Uh, Number two is Godfather 10. Godfather 10. Uh, Godfather 10. (laughs) Sorry. Number two is Godfather 2. Great. Let's see. Let's keep going. Toy Story 2. The squeakle. (laughs) The squeakle. Is Toy uh, Story 2 Toy on Story there? Toy Story 2 is number five. Yeah, I fucking knew it, baby. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. I know that's on here. Let me... Uh, it is... They couldn't use it because it was the name of their magazine. <laughs> number seven. Yeah, so all of your answers have been in the top ten. The reason that took me a second is I did Control-F, Empire Strikes Back, and the first one on the page where that phrase was there was written in the little blurb about Return of the Jedi, which was number 35. Oh, okay. So I was about to say Return of the Jedi then, but I guess yeah, not. Yeah, no. Uh, let's see. I'm getting kind of... Those are like the big ones. I don't know. Uh, Spider-Man 2. That's a good one. I'm wondering if superhero movies will make it on here. Um, okay. Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi, 2004, is number 27. Oh, not bad. Yeah. What year did this list come out? Um, it came out 2019. Okay. Uh, what about Two Towers? Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. I'm not getting Two Towers on here. Is is there Return of the King? Let's see. Oh, this, I'm glad you brought this up. The very first little blurb of the actual article proper says, um, we have disregarded films that are really all of a piece, like Lord of the Rings and Kill Bill. Gotcha. Um, Okay. That's good to know. Those don't count against my guesses. Right. It also also mentions um, series that share elements but restart each time, like Carry On or Three Colors, which I don't know what either of those are. But it also... um, Sure. It leaves out James Bond because there's like 23 examples and they're basically all the same. (laughs) Right. I was going to say, ask if there was any Bonds, but that makes sense. Uh, Let's see. Man, I wonder. But your first three guesses were all in the top ten, right? That's yeah, pretty I'm impressive. doing pretty good. I just, I'm, I, I don't know. I maybe need a clue. Uh, let's go to let's... what? Are we talking? Are there more older movies here, or are they more like recent? What are we talking? Within the top ten, the number ten is from 2014. Okay. Number nine is from 2004. Okay. Number eight is from 2004. Big year for good sequels. Wow. Number seven is Empire Strikes Back. Number six is from 2008. Okay. Number five is Toy Story 2. Number four is from 2015. Wow, a lot of recent ones. Number three is from 1999. Or, excuse me, from 1991. Interesting. Number two is Godfather Part 2 from 1974. And number one is from 1986. You know, I... I would... You're right that a lot of these are recent, but I would also argue that sequels 
didn't become movies until Empire Strikes Back, basically. Yeah. <laughs> or The Godfather. You know, like, it was yeah. that 70s cohort that were like, a sequel can be a movie. Um, like a good movie. So, Are there any Marvel entries on this list? Um, not in that top ten. Let me... Good. Um, good to know. I bet they left that... Oh, no. Hang on. There are Marvel on the list. But not in the top ten. Number 50 is Iron Man 3. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, number 20 is Captain America the Winter Soldier, which I have forever said is my favorite Marvel movie. That's a good one. Um, all right. Let's see. So there's no... Are there any superheroes at all? Oh, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yep. Yeah, that is in the top 10. It is um, the one from 2008. It is... Oh, hang on. Number six. Number six. There we go. We're coming back, baby. Dark Knight is there. Of course. Came out 37 months after Batman Begins. Um, are there any other superheroes in the top 10? In the top 10, I think no. Okay. No you, more superheroes. Right. Correct. Is there any more science fiction or fantasy in the top 10? An awful lot. Okay. This is good to know. Uh, Not an awful lot, but two or three. I'm trying to think of like what, like what are movies, you know, with sequels? Um, what at came least out in one of these, in the same way oh. of like Godfather Two, is regarded as like the best of them, like oh, like gosh. Empire Strikes Back or Godfather Part Two. Right. Oh yeah. In fact, two of them are kind of regarded as like the better. Oh, of di- no, not Die Hard. Well, it could be Die Hard Three. Here's a crazy thing. What N- number one and number three are by the same director. What? Um, and the number one on the list, the original one was not by that director. Oh, so it's a, it's a, is it, it's a remake then? Uh, no, it's a sequel, I would say, oh. but it is a, a bit of a genre tweak and it's a new director. What year was number one again? 1986. 1986. And it's got a great sequel name. I almost made this a sequel name game, like because Reloaded is electric such a like boogaloo. strange thing. Yeah, I was gonna make like an electric boogaloo game, but I was like, I can't figure this out. <laughs> I don't know. It's not. I so there's no Die Hard, right? We already said, uh, already said not that. in the top ten. I think it okay. might be on there though. I might have to need some more clues. I know you've given me so many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, same director okay. for I would argue that the original of this franchise this is for number 1 is a horror sci-fi movie and that its sequel is an action sci-fi movie. Oh, Aliens. Yes, correct. <laughs> there we go. According to I, Empire, it's the I, best sequel movie. <laughs> I forget that that's a sequel. Sometimes. Now, that should unlock number 3 for you. Oh, same director. Uh-huh. Or at least it should be a clue for number three. And then what year was number three? It was 1991. 91. Wait, fuck. Who directed Aliens? I gotta look that up real quick. Who directed Aliens? James Cameron. Oh, duh. So, 91. Titanic 2. Yes. (laughs) Uh, No, but you can abbreviate that and get the right title. Tit. Even shorter. Uh, <laughs> Keep the number. <laughs> T- 
Terminator 2. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. T2, Terminator 2, Judgment wow. Day. Some of these are easier than I, I... I should have known both of those. I'm a bad movie fan. So you've got the top three, according to Empire Magazine. What, what year was number four? Number four is in 2015. I famously... I don't know... <laughs> I don't know how famous this is, but I have still not seen this movie, and it was, like, the biggest movie for, like, two whole years. Like, it was the biggest movie that year, and people were still fucking, oh. like, watching it the next year. Was it Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah. Yeah, because I love that fucking movie. Yep. That makes sense. That movie rules. Uh, then Toy Story 2, then Dark Knight. Then Empire Strikes then Empire. Back. This one's a fun one, and I'm, like, sort of surprised how highly rated it is by this like film criticism publication because lion king one and a half <laughs> yes um and and they gave it the points because it's the the first sequel ever to well no that's not true because uh air uh, uh naked gun 33 and a third or whatever i was gonna say it's the first sequel to have a fraction but that's not true um no it's not lion king one event one and a half i love this movie and i love this franchise but i don't think of them as um film sure you know, like the canon of the cinema so it's a funny movie no no not really oh friday the 13th no um let me see what else i can do to help you it is an action movie action movie and it's action style kind of like molded action for a while like specifically fight choreography oh born identity yeah the born or supremacy born supremacy that's hilarious <laughs> um are there any okay so you have two more nine and ten what can you give me the years for those again these ones are both less interesting to me because i don't know either of them really at all <laughs> okay but they are 2004 and 2014 okay um 2004 what was coming out in 2004 x-men 2 it is on this list. In fact, it is number 13, just under the top 10. And in fact, right above that is Evil Dead 2. And oh, nice. number 11 is Superman 2. Ah, I was going to see if there's a Superman. Are there any Rockies or Rambos or anything like that? Not in the top 10. I'm sure there probably are on here, but um, let's see. I, all right. You might just have to tell me for these last two. Yeah, I think I will. Um, oh, hey, number 44. Michael Delaney will be pleased. Mission Impossible 3. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let's see. Okay, so number nine is Richard Linkletter's Before Sunset. Oh, I have no idea and what like that is. And, like, the Before series is a very highly regarded film series that I have not seen and I think I would probably really like. Um, and then number ten is The Raid 2. Oh, I remember. I've heard of that. Yeah, I don't know anything about those movies. Is The Raid 2 the one... Where and then to in... finish off the top, like, 15, we've got Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan at 14, Mad Max II at 15, number 16, this is a fun one, uh, it's another entry in the DC canon. Super, is it, oh, it's not Superman 2. Mm-mm. Um, DC canon. Is it newer or older DC? Older. Batman Returns. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good flick. 
the one after that, number 17, now I just want to like read you this whole list, <laughs> is technically a prequel, but that doesn't matter at all. And you d- wouldn't even necessarily know it. <laughs> hmm. What is it? Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. And then Order of the Phoenix, and then French Connection 2, and then Captain America Winter Soldier. We'll call it a day at the top we'll 20. Call it that there. was Mike Reed's a list of sequels. <laughs> I liked it. I didn't do as good as I thought I would do, but honestly, I should have got a few of those. And I'm disappointed in myself, and I will punish myself. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> You'll iron your fingers. Mm-hmm. Well, we should aim towards wrapping up. Yeah, I'm trying Any... to think of like, what else from this movie is worth even mentioning. Um let me look at my notes one more time. You're right. Okay, so okay, let's do some like one-to-one Star Wars analogies in the same way that midi chlorians and like the architect are the same thing, kind of. The werewolf goons, that's like the whole crew in uh, Attack of the Clones, like Watt Tambor, the techno union. The council is the Jedi council. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like that's obviously the same. And they just sit around and bicker and don't get anything done. It takes the Morpheus type to go out and do it. The two like dread ghost guys uh-huh. are like any of the cool like bad guys with an interesting design that don't actually matter at <laughs> yes. all yes totally like, they're in Boba every Fett, Star- they're captain phasma yeah and like they they're visually distinct and they <laughs> yeah. don't matter yeah totally darth maul yes um i mean neo is anakin or whatever obviously the one you got uh-huh. the chosen one totally morpheus is qui-gon morpheus is qui-gon because he's off doing his own thing. You're absolutely right. Yeah, he's like a believer in a prophecy. Yeah. I mean, it is so... It's wild that these movies even came out so close together. Yeah, right. Well, and hey, they shot in Australia, and that is why Mouse, who's in the first Matrix movie, so that doesn't count for this one, but the guy who plays Mouse is also the guy Elon Sleaze-Bagano who tries to sell Obi-Wan death sticks. (laughs) Sell you death sticks. I don't want to say it. I'm sure there's lots of like those little things where like uh, an actor is in both or whatever. For sure. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, what else? Um, it's really. Oh, star- the- clones. Clones. Both Obviously clones. That, there's a bunch of people grown in pods, but also Agent Smith makes copies of himself. Yeah. An Australian actor and a New Zealand actor are clones. <laughs> yes, they're basically the same. Um, they fly around in a ship. They fly around in a ship. Um, there's robots. There's aliens. Wait, there's not aliens, but the robots look like aliens. Uh-huh. He can like use the force in the real world mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. zaps a droid. There's yeah, robots is droids. Robots is droids. <laughs> droids is dogs. <laughs> Not in this, not in the Matrix. In the Matrix, no. robot droids is not dogs. Droids is bad squids. Something that I thought too, like, is that th- this is very Dune, and that they don't have thinking machines. You know, it's that same uh-huh. idea of like our machines are all quote right, unquote yeah. simple, and that they are that they whole, do not have any kind of intelligence to that them. whole scene with the like elder councilman guy, where he's like, "What makes the machines that like heat our homes or like yeah clean our water? I what s- makes them any different?" I swore that he was going to be evil because of how his eyebrows look. He has evil eyebrows to the I max. I was like, this guy has got evil eyebrows for sure. He's evil. Um, yeah, control I mean, like, versus fate. That's yes. That's kind of in both. Destiny. 
uh, the chosen one fi- fighting against or for their destiny. Yeah. Um, Driving I mean, through choosing... a city, like, that's very, like, I know we've sort of latched onto the prequels. That is Attack of the Clones. The, like, freeway yeah. chase is somewhat similar to the Zam Wessel chase. <laughs> choosing to save your girlfriend over the fate of possibly yeah. the entire galaxy is present in both of these. Yes. It's it's critical in the Matrix and it's sort of part of the prequels. <laughs> yeah. It's like seems like it should be more important but also feels like an afterthought in a way cuz uh-huh. it's just that she and they're both worried that she might die from a dream they had. Yes. They're like yeah, it is where where um where Neo makes a concrete binary choice to save her Anakin's is a little murkier where it's like, no, fate is kind of making you choose. It's putting you in the room with Palpatine. You know, Anakin, yeah. that's that's one thing about his whole story that I think, you know, when you when you begin his story as a cute little boy from central Indiana, yeah. You you have a hard time then making his quote unquote fall be of his own making. Right, like, and I mean, without without the audience turning on him and become being like, oh, he's a bad guy now. But I mean, we all knew he was gonna be, which is like why it's weird that he doesn't really make any choices to become the bad yeah. guy. <laughs> he's just like, here I am. Yeah. So that's a difference, I guess. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I could give it a rating. Yeah. What's about that time? Do had, had, we didn't look, but um, or it's not on my spreadsheet because we stopped keeping track. But I don't know what we gave the first one. Oh, I can try to find it real fast. Let's see. Let's see. Hold on, I'm listening right now. Wait, hold on. Okay, I have terrible news. I think I just scrolled past it, but okay. what did you hear it? Uh, yeah, I gave it an eight, and you gave it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we we were so young. <laughs> our scale has changed so much. We, I will not be held to what we used, what 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 our past decisions yeah, were. Yeah, no, and in fact, I think this is more Star Wars than the first one. Yeah, obviously that's too high, especially because we've sort of set our Star Wars movies at the lowest, are like an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, my but dog hey, is in you know, with me. Like, we've been watching an awful lot of Survivor the past couple years, and, like, when you watch, like, YouTube videos or, like, you're part of, like, fan communities, someone might be, um, you know, called, like, oh, wow, that person was great at challenges back in, like, 2006, and it's like, well, the game is different now, and they might not do as well nowadays because, you know, like, when you hear this show... Yeah, <laughs> you We've need to know in... the day it came out because that's the scale we're using. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you need to know like what we both had for breakfast and kind of like <laughs> where we're at. Right, right. Well, let's see. Let's. It's obviously not a seven or an eight because that's too high, but it's pretty high. My dog is in here being disruptive. Yeah, you know, with with how fine tuned we've made the Star Wars movies on the scale, it's making me go, did we did we take out all the fun of this podcast? Maybe because <laughs> like, now calling something like pizza a seven or whatever, like that's funny. 
That is funny, and but we can we've still done do real, it. Real like journalistic integrity. Well, what we what we need to do is take what we've already done and do what Michael Delaney said, and give Star Wars movies their own separate rating, right? Where they they exist on a, a scale by themselves. Yeah, that's right. High, like take the thumb off of the scale for all the other ones. Yes, exactly. But yeah, uh, yeah. let's see. Let's give it a rating. We need to wrap up. So yeah, let's, yeah, we do. Um, my unit of measure is going to be. I don't know why they bothered me so much, but the little like like holes on their back when they were rolling around mm-hmm. like made me maybe want to fucking vomit uh-huh so that's gonna be mine mine will be um like the crazy old melee weapons all mounted to yeah. the walls of the chalet <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say and this might be crazy i'm gonna say a six yeah that's where my brain was going and uh i think i want to say like a six and a half great i like that yeah actually because this that might, might like i was like this movie's so star wars yeah yeah um well there you have it folks Th- this has been the first episode <laughs> of matrix month maybe the show just becomes binary and we say like man that was really star wars and then we yeah. say why or like if we deem it not being star wars we just go like so what else we already covered pie what's yeah. your newest like takes on <laughs> Well, we did have Iswe for a while, which was we like did, a mini yeah. segment. Um, but anyway, this is the first episode of Matrix Month. We're going to be covering yes. the Matrix movies and and the Animatrix yes. in preparation for the new one that's coming out. Yeah, which we'll will ho- release at some point, but it will probably be like sometime into the new year. <laughs> yeah, we got the holidays coming up, so we're not going to be like right on the gun of right. watching it and then recording it. Um, but anyway... Uh, you can find all our info in the show notes. Uh, email us at a good podcast at gmail.com. Tell um, us what you think of the new movie when it comes out. Cause I want to, ta- I know I'm going to want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go check out our Patreon for the price of just like a decent latte a month. Yeah. You can get a bonus episode every week and a commentary every month. And mm-hmm. the commentary this month is Solo, mm-hmm. a Star Wars story, and it's our best one yet. Yeah, it's and really should, good. <laughs> honestly, go get just one month of this just to listen to the commentary because yeah. I would say it's worth your money. Plus, it's cheaper to get a month of our Patreon than to, like, go to the theater to see the new Matrix movie. And you're going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to do it. <laughs> um, but that's it, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, then it's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. I would say it is 100% time for Tubby Bye Bye. It is. It's not even about time. No. It is time. <laughs> so, like we always say, we, we love, love you. you. And, and may, may the, the fourth, fourth be with, with you. Bye Bye. Whew, it didn't get too hot in this little room, but I am sweating but a little bit. <laughs>